fan morning show. Brent Gunning, Ailish Forfar here. What a day. Woo! Opening day across the big leagues. Who better to talk to? Well, a lot of who better to talk to is today. We already talked mm-hmm. to John Morosi. We already spoke, and you're going to hear it very, very shortly, to Edwin Encarnacion. <sighs> Daniele in his bag yeah, getting ready. Yeah, he's not messing around for no. Blue Jay season here. Jose Bautista and Edwin, back-to-back days, and joining us now. Voice you will hear many, many times this <laughs> summer, and we're so, so lucky to hear it right now. Dan Schulman, Blue Jays play-by-play announcer, Sportsnet. Dan, how you doing today? Opening day, I imagine it's uh, just as exciting every year for you. It is. It, it really, really is. And and it, I, I'm... I prefer it a teeny tiny bit more when it starts at home, obviously, but we understand why it's not at home this year because of the renovation. So, and that's going to take a while, but it is always one of the best days uh, of the year. And there's so much excitement around this team, obviously this season. Um, and our crew is very, very excited. We had a little get together last night and uh, everybody's bubbly and we're ready to go. That's uh, that's what we like to hear. And, of course, this insider is brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. And, yeah, you, of course, always want to have it start at home. St. Louis is one of those places that just kind of feels like baseball. It's not Fenway, it's not Wrigley, and it's not Yankee Stadium, but it has its own kind of magic. So if you can't be at home, I feel like that's probably one of the uh, one of the better places to start if you have to start on the road somewhere. Uh-oh, there's, there's no question. They they do it right here. Like they'll have, uh, you know, their living hall of famers here this year, the Clydesdales come out. And uh, yesterday during the Blue Jay workout, Kevin Vigio walked out on the field. The Blue Jays were here last year. They played here last year, uh, but Vigio was uh, coming off his COVID uh, situation last year. And he walked up the steps and he said, I've never been here before. And, and it's one of those places that you walk into. And it's, it's a, it's a baseball town. I make this analogy sometimes, and it's at least in part due to the fact that I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, but it's kind of like the the Green Bay of the, of the major leagues. Like it's not St. Louis is not the biggest city in the world. It's not the biggest market in Major League Baseball, but boy, do they love their baseball here. They are passionate about it, and people come from all over, from uh, Oklahoma and Arkansas and uh, Mississippi and all over the Midwest and the and the South. There are Cardinal fans everywhere, and um, this city is jammed, and it will be all weekend. And it's a great test for the Blue Jays right out of the gate. The Cardinals, as always are good, look like contenders. Blue Jays will see some good pitching. They'll see Goldschmidt and Arenado. Like, this is a great way to get started. Yeah, we uh, talked to John Morosi, and he is very excited about Jordan Walker as well, so they get to see him, Mm -hmm. a a young stud that's making his debut as well. But hopefully this this contends for the title, but is there a most memorable opening day that you've called when you look back at your career? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I... So it's going to be a non-Blue Jay one. It'll That's be right. an ESPN one. And if memory serves, and my memory does not serve very well, but <laughs> it was a Dodger-Giant game, and it was Kershaw and Bumgarner, like oh. in the hay in the heyday of each of them. Um, and it was a one-to-nothing game. And I, I want to say, I shouldn't say this, one of them, I don't even remember who won the game, Ailish. That's how sad <laughs> it is. But one of them hit a home run, and, and I could awesome. be making up this whole thing. So, but... But it was it was Kershaw, Bumgarner, Dodgers, Giants. Like, what's you know what what a better way to start than that? This would have been on 2013, 14, somewhere, somewhere in there. So I remember that one. Um, 
that was great. Uh, but this uh, this will be special, too. And then coming home April 11th will be very special, too, with the renovations and, again, the excitement. You hope the team gets off to a good start. You don't want to come home 3-7. and seven. You want to come home 7-3 and three or whatever it is. Uh, but we'll see how they play over these 10 days. But it is great. And um, Mother Nature has cooperated because there's supposed to be one heck of a storm here tomorrow. But that's the off day. So we're good today. We're good Saturday, Sunday. All systems go. Oh, that would be, we would not want that. Oh the God, idea of a storm peppering and everybody, it'd be the ultimate, like you're the kid with the broken leg in summer sitting outside watching right. everybody else have fun. Oh. Uh, there's no world uh, where would you want anything to deal with that. And also that story, I don't know if it's true, but Madison Bumgarner dealing and hitting a homer, I've seen it happen before. So it seems pretty uh, pretty plausible uh, to, to me there. You know, when you look at this team, I think there's a lot of reasons for optimism. I, I could I could basically pick any facet of the team and say, this is the reason why I'm feeling the most strongly about the Jays. What is it for you? Is it the revamped lineup? Is it the pitching staff? Well, what gives you the most cause for optimism heading into this season? Uh, well, number one is a healthy spring, relatively healthy spring, even more than relatively. I mean, you know, Mitch White is out, um, and they hit a little scare from Vladdy, but that's fine. So the fact that they're healthy is great. Look around the division, and you see lots of teams that didn't get out of spring unscathed, most notably the Yankees. Um, what makes me optimistic is I think they strengthen their weaknesses, which is always the best thing to do. You know, their their outfield defense was not good last year. I, I think it's a smart move long term for the team and for George Springer to move him to right field. He will be an excellent right fielder. He has proven himself to be uh, an excellent right fielder. And you get elite defense in center and left in in Kiermaier and Varsho. And you get elite base running in, in Kiermaier and Varsho. So I, I think those are two important things. I think the bullpen is better. I don't know that it's elite, but I think it is better, certainly better than it was uh, at this time last year. You know, they didn't have Anthony Bassett this time last year, and they didn't have, obviously, Eric Swanson uh, at this time last year. So I like the fact um, that they did that. You know, the question, and it's justifiable, is will they score as many runs? And I don't know what the answer is. Um, they might score in different ways, or they might score better in certain times. They were not great in late and close games last year. You know, they would see, because they were all righties, they would see the other team's three best right-handed relievers time after time after time. Now, because of the lefties in the lineup, uh, that forces the other manager to make some moves, and maybe you get some more favorable matchups. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if they're more talented per se, but as an you know, you guys have heard me ad nauseum say this. I think the pieces of the puzzle fit together, and I think they are better equipped to win games with the current roster than they were the last couple of years. Getting that big opportunity today to to start off on the great on a, the right foot is Alec Benoa. Of course, he's getting the the ball today, and po- probably the home opener as well. I, I just want to ask you about the Manoa story. So I know that we're going to have a six-part series. Um, Hazel May did this um, on Alec Manoa. And of course, you probably haven't seen all of them yet, but there is a story about Alec Manoa, about his journey and about him as a, as a player and as a person. Um, you, you obviously get to talk to him a, a lot more than we do, but Alec Manoa, the person, has been something that I think we're going to get a really good insight into and in how he became the athlete that he is. Just his journey in this moment and this opportunity at hand and how he seems like the right guy to to capture it yeah I, I think so and and you know they had two great candidates for opening day that couldn't have gone wrong if Gosman was in there too obviously but um, I have seen the first it's a six-part series I think and I've seen the first part the, the part that'll air on Blue Jay Central this afternoon um, it's uh, he's got a uh, a lot of tough stuff in his background you know he did not grow up on easy street and I think it's made him in part 
the person that he is today. And, you know, yes, he is tough as nails and he will, you know, stick up for his teammates. And if, if you want to start a fight, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll be there to meet you. But there's also this other, um, you know, less well-known, uh, wonderful giving softer side of him, giving back to kids in the community and charities and all that. He's, he's really an, uh, an amazing guy. I enjoy talking to him as I enjoy talk, as much as I enjoy talking to anybody in that clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, he is as good a teammate as there is in that clubhouse. And you guys saw it. He'd been in the majors in 2021 for like a couple of weeks and he was already in the cool kid group, right? Like if, like everybody loved him and, and, you know, we saw him pitching games and then between innings, he's up on the top step rooting on his teammates with a towel on his arm. Nobody does that. Like literally nobody does that, but he doesn't keep to himself. He's right in there with the guys. You know how some athletes seem better suited for individual sports and some athletes seem better suited for team sports. He is without question, a team sport guy, like he's in the right spot. Uh, and people are going to like him more and more as they go through the story. And they're going to going to feel for him and some of the things he went through in his childhood. And they're going to understand him better and I give him a lot of credit because he and his brother and his mom opened up about some really, really hard things that I don't think, um, you know, everybody would feel comfortable opening up about. It's, it's going to be um, a series that people really don't want to miss. Yeah, and it, I believe every um, day that he's getting his start, we'll put out another episode so you can stay tuned for that. And it sounds like it was an incredible insight into a guy that is now a year older, a year wiser, and a year tougher. And I think that's probably the the narrative around Bo and Vladdy and the younger guys on this team. Do you see them stepping up as leaders and kind of grasping that this is their team now, right? They don't have Mark, like Semyon and they don't have Teo and these other guys that were, were kind of like the vibe around the team. It's really on them now to make this Blue Jays team their own. Yeah, I think they know that. They're still young. They're still 25 and 24, but they're not kids anymore. This is their fifth season, their fourth full season, um, and they know how much is expected of them. They are you know, possibly the two most important guys on the team, certainly two of the four or five most important guys on the team. That having been said, I do think there is really good leadership on this team that has come in over the last couple of years. If you ask me, you can only pick one guy who's the leader on the team. I'm picking Matt Chapman. Um, He has a very, very strong voice in that clubhouse. And with his work ethic, a very, very strong, um, you know, vibe on the field before games. And the Bichettes and the Espinals and the Vigios and the other guys, like, you know, in part, they are out there because of what they're seeing from Matt Chapman. I think a guy like Kevin Gosman coming in last year, uh, I think he brings a very strong voice as well. George Springer, maybe in a bit of a different way, but he's a leader in there as well. So I don't think it's all on Bowen Vladdy, but I do think they understand, um, A, they're not, you know, they're not newbies anymore. They've been around a while. And I think everybody has a keen sense of, they should have done more last year, and it, it's time. Um, and I think there's, you know, you bring in guys like uh, a Kiermaier and a Varsho and, and guys like that as well, You're, whatever term you want to use, grinders or game or whatever term you want. There are those guys, right? So um, I think there are a lot of guys who are really giving off the, uh, hey, guys, uh, it's time. And uh, this, this team has lofty, lofty goals. I'm not one to say World Series or bust, but – they should win more than 92 games. Um, you know, hopefully they can win a division and maybe get a bye in that first round and not have to deal or through that first round, not have to deal with the two out of three. I, I think, and, and we've talked about it, and I'm sure you guys have talked about it with everybody who's come on. It was in Dunedin. There's a different feel 
around this team this year in terms of seriousness or attention to detail, focus, you know, whatever cliches you want to use. It's true. Like you, you see it when you're around this team and, and hopefully that carries over into the regular season. I feel like I've also seen it um, just in the glimpses I've had either on the broadcast or social, a lot of Don Manningly and Bo Bichette clips of the <clears> two of them hanging out in the dugout, like right beside each other chatting. And I wonder if you think that that's a, I'm just seeing those clips because they're getting pumped out or a real approach that he's taken at least um, in his role as coming in and assisting with the Blue Jays this season is maybe taking some of these young guys under his wing and bringing that veteran and that, that, that type of experience that they don't have. Yeah, I think he does that. But the funny thing is, I, I don't think it's Mattingly going over to Bo and saying, hey, can I talk to you for a second? It's Bo going over to Mattingly. It's Vladdy That's going great. over to Mattingly. It, it's, it's hard. This is going to sound like I'm, like I'm embellishing this, but Don Mattingly is as humble as any baseball superstar I've ever met in my life, past or current. Um, if you walked by Don Mattingly, if you introduced yourself, like he's just – he is the most understated, humble, regular guy you've ever met. And uh, I don't think he's the kind to go up there and say, uh, no, you got to listen to me. You got to do it my way. He waits for them to come to him and the, and they do. And, and Bo told me, I asked him about a week ago, it was probably one of those clips that you saw where he was talking to Mattingly for a long, long time during a game. And I said, uh, can you share what it was about? And he kind of smiled and he went, well, hitting. You know, because Bo loves to talk hitting, and Don Mattingly was such a star. And, and then, before I could say anything else, he said, when Mattingly took the job with us, uh, Bo said his dad, Dante, said that when he got to the majors, which was in the mid to late 80s, somewhere around there, um, he said that he told Bo, uh, listen, that guy was the best guy in baseball. when I, when I, He was the best player in baseball when I got to the majors. Like, you can learn some stuff from him, and that's all you need to tell Bo, right? So um, Bo goes over to him all the time. I think Vladdy does to a certain extent as well, and Vladdy and Mattingly spend time at first base talking about defense, and Mattingly was a gifted defensive player as well. So uh, we had George Springer on during an interview during one of the games, and I asked him about Mattingly, and he said, like, it's weird for me to even call him Don or Donnie. Like, I feel like I should call him Mr. Mattingly. (laughs) And some of that is just George being George, but you know what I mean, right? And and, um, again, he brings um, an air of professionalism and seriousness to the job um, every single day. And Don Mattingly, to my knowledge, as player, coach, or manager, I don't think he's ever won a World Series. He played for the Yankees in a time when they actually didn't make the playoffs very, very much and didn't do well, I think, maybe just once. And um, now there were fewer teams in the playoffs back then. But he's itching to win, too, you know, and – um, it feels like, you know, John Schneider has said great things about him in terms of, you know, their relationship and how they're getting along. And, and I think he's just a great sounding board and, and a great, just a great personality to have in that uh, dugout day after day. Fan morning show, Brent Gunning, Ailish Forfar here. Very happy to be joined by Dan Schulman. You know, you mentioned Springer there as one of the guys who's been having those conversations with Mattingly. You know, Springer is as important a player on this team as any other. I'm not going to say he's more important than a, a Vlad, a Vladdy or a Bo or, or Manoa, but he is right there. Do you think there is a set in stone or at least, you know, chiseled in a little bit plan of how to use him throughout the year? You need George Springer all year long, but man, you really need him when the playoffs roll around and we've just seen him be hampered at the end of seasons. You know, part of getting Kiermaier was to move him off of center field or not make it so he needs to play that position every day. Do you think they have a plan for how to kind of keep him fresh throughout the season, or do you think it's something they'll look at and and evolve as the season goes along? 
Well, really quickly before I answer that, I found a Bumgarner home run off Kershaw, so I think this is yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. April 9th, April 9th, 2016. So it must have been a home opener, not a season opener, Perfect. so I don't know if that counts as an opening day. But I did both. some Googling as well, and he mm. also went, Bumgarner also once went deep twice on opening day right. against the Diamondbacks, there so go. there you go. Okay, it wasn't that one, but hopefully the judges will be lenient with <laughs> we me are in my memory. So, but innocent, um, yeah. With George Springer, um, I, I yeah, obviously, if you look at George Springer's numbers over the last two years, if you look at something like OPS plus one forty one and one thirty one over the last two years, that is you know borderline elite. That is to one of the top twenty or twenty five guys in baseball. The issue is he's only played in 211 out of 324 games. Can you tell I've done my prep for today already? He's only played in 211 uh, of the 324 games in two years. So the idea is to keep him on the field. In theory, right field should be a little less taxing on him physically than center field. And he knows that. He gets that. He's actually played more right field in his career than center field, which most people, I, I, I think that would surprise a lot of people. But even in Houston, for various reasons, he was playing a lot of right field. Sometimes that he would play center field against right uh, against righties and right field against lefties because of other guys they had on the team. Jake Marisnik played center and so on. So, um, yes, you want to keep him healthy. If you can get 145 or 150 out of him, that is absolute gold for this team. But even more than the number of games is – is he healthy in the games in which he is playing? Like we all remember um, last year's swings and him grimacing because of the elbow or dropping the bat. Like how can you compete at your highest level when it hurts to take a swing? And, and the year before it was lower body injuries. It was leg injuries and, uh, and that sort of thing. So I think he will DH sometimes. I don't think they will, you know, I don't think the plan is to DH him 50 or 60 times or anything like that. If that was the plan, I don't think Brandon Belt would have been signed. Because Brandon Belt's going to DH a lot. And they'll want to get Vladdy in there some. They'll want to get Kirk in there some uh, as the DH. So um, I think, you know, day game after night game or, or the night game before the day game, whichever, might be a time where he DHs one of those two games. Um, they've got some flexibility. They can put Whit Merrifield in the outfield. They can put Kevin Biggio in the outfield um, and move guys around because Merrifield, Biggio, Espinal all play multiple positions. They can they can do some things. So my guess is against lefties, you might either see maybe Kiermaier get a day off, Varsho to center, Merrifield and left, or you might see Springer DH, maybe Merrifield or Biggio in right, something like that. So I think George will DH sometimes and um, you know, if you're looking at X factors, his health is one of the biggest X factors on this team. Mm-hmm. Like you can say, you know, can Vladdy be more like 2021 Vladdy, something like that. Uh, but but um, Springer's health is without question one of the biggest X factors on this team because he has shown that when healthy, he is still an elite player. And they certainly took some steps that maybe having a little buffer, if that is the case. Um, nice to have some options nonetheless. Uh, Dan, a couple more for you here. The opening day roster was solidified, and a couple people didn't make the cut. Um, I think I was a little bit surprised to see Otto Lopez be the odd man out. I wonder how close that decision was, and maybe it's beneficial for him to not be in that lineup right away to get some more opportunity to develop him, because he did really impress at the World Baseball Classic, and yep. I'm excited to see where his uh, rest of his season goes. Yeah, my, I was a little bit surprised. I thought he was going to get it. Uh, I'm very happy for Nathan Lucas. I love mm-hmm. stories like this. 28 years old, has never played a day in the majors. His wife, his 16-month-old daughter, his parents, his brother, his sister-in-law will all be here today 
His grandfather lives in Missouri and will be here over the weekend. And he that was about okay, the most excited he was. <laughs> this is a great story. So I'm, I'm giving away one of my best stories for the telecast right now, but he's very excited. Um, I think part of what it was is the job that Lucas now has or the job that Lopez would have just doesn't bring with it all that many at-bats right now. Like, look at all the other guys we talked about and the flexibility. So Lucas does the things that you kind of like to see from the last man in a row. He can pinch run, and he can come in for defense. I don't know how often he's going to start, and I don't know how often he would even pinch hit. And maybe, you know, if he gets opportunities and does well, the role can obviously grow. But I think his opportunities will be limited. So maybe some of it, and the same probably would have applied for Otto Lopez, although it was a right-handed bat. I thought he had a chance to get in there a little bit more against lefties. But maybe part of it is just want, wanting to get Lopez more bats, like you know, like wanting him to – he's 24, Lucas is 28. Maybe just wanting Lopez to continue developing and, and getting regular at-bats at AAA. And, and I know it's opening day and we're all so excited, but things change so, so fast. And in two weeks, Lopez could be up. You know, it, like it, it, so many things can change. Um, like last year, this is a different situation – but Vigio and Espinal broke camp in basically a platoon at second base. And by, I, I remember like two of the first three games, Vigio started. And then in the fifth or sixth inning, the other team went to a lefty and Espinal came in. And Espinal got a double one day and a single another day. And by the fourth day of the season, like Espinal was the second baseman. The platoon was over. So things can change quickly. Roles can grow and, and assignments can change and all that. So um, I will see Lopez this year. I think Lopez will contribute this year. Uh, unfortunately, injuries happen, and he's a good guy to come up. You know, if anything happens to an infielder, he's a good candidate to come up. He can play the outfield as well, uh, and he'll be a part of this team. But for now, um, I'm happy for Nathan Lucas. He couldn't wipe the smile off his face in the clubhouse oh. yesterday. Hazel and I went over to talk to him, and I think he was so happy just because nobody – he said nobody no, – like, you know, you got Springer and Vladdy and, and Bassett and Gosman and Manoa. You got all these guys in the room. I think he was just happy to talk to somebody, and Hazel and I had a great chat with him yesterday. That is, uh, that's awesome to hear. And yeah, 28 years old, uh, making the major league debut, really, really happy for him. And like you said, long season, uh, and uh, hopefully Otto Lopez has a long, long career ahead of him. So plenty of time, uh, to, to factor in one name. I could be wrong. I don't think we've mentioned, and I'm floored by it. Having had a blue Jays conversation this long is Jose Barrios. Now we've talked about the guys at the top, top end of the rotation there. Obviously Kikuchi has been kind of the darling of spring feels to me like not the whole rotation because you're going to have a great one too. But just how great a rotation this can be all kind of hinges on Kikuchi. Uh, maybe you feel differently and Chris Bassett can change things as well. Or sorry, on um, Barrios. Maybe you feel differently and Bassett can kind of change things as well. But what are fair expectations for Barrios this year? I, I think fair expectations are better than last year. You know, to say all the way back to where he was in 2021, 2019, 18, 17. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I was one of those who watched. I mean, I did the games and watched the games where he pitched last year and said, I don't, I, I'm not quite getting this. The stuff looks good still. And, and, you know, if you look at StatCast, and I don't claim to be an expert there, but if you look at stuff like movement and, and all and velocity, it's pretty similar. I think he made some bad mistakes in location, especially with his four-seamer, especially against lefties. And when he made mistakes, he got crushed. They didn't hit him for a single. They hit him a mile. And they did it with men on base. And the, the Like he would get into the, the um, an inning and it would get away from him. Um, you know, a two-run inning would become a five-run inning. There'd be a bouncer and a walk, and then that home run at the end, and boom, it's five runs. So 
he's got to prevent the big innings. If he can, I think his ERA was 523 last year, if I'm not mistaken. If it can be 423, like that's not a great pitcher. That's probably a league average pitcher. Uh, maybe even not a league average starting pitcher. But but that's a big help. That's a big, big step in the right direction. And I, I think he's capable of that. And I think they need that out of him, you know, given how many years he's going to be here in the contract he signed. You don't like to say that, but I mean, he was the opening day starter last year. And now you're just hoping he can be a, a credible four guy. I think he can. I know he had his ups and downs in the spring. Um, they're still tinkering and talking and working and we'll see how it looks against Kansas city on Monday night when he makes his first start of the season. Uh, the other funny thing about him is he made 32 starts last year. He was like, if you look at them, 20, 21, 22 of them really good. Mm-hmm. Eight, not eight, nine, ten of them really bad. No middle ground. They were twenty-three and nine in his thirty-two starts, which blew me away when I, whoever it was, told me that. And I'm not saying he pitched that well. I get he didn't have a good year, but he was good most of the time. And and there's a lot that goes into a team's record. What you know, with a starting pitcher on the mound, offense, bullpen, defense, all, all that stuff too, of course. But. Um, they kind of worked around what he did last year. They still won most of his starts, <clears throat> excuse me, and he was pretty good in like two thirds of his starts. It's just the other third. Can he be? Can the bad ones not be as bad? Can the bad ones be mediocre instead of five, six runs? You know, he didn't get out of the first inning. I don't think on opening day last year, if I'm not mistaken. So um, he's just got to be okay. And and even Kikuchi doesn't have to be a star. Can each of them just keep you in games, not blow up the bullpen, you know, a couple of times around through the order. And I think there's reason for optimism, not for greatness, but just for them both being better than they were last year. We'll get answers to all these questions over the next couple months and glad to hear your voice back on our airwaves, Dan. Enjoy opening day. Hope it's one that we talk about next year as a very memorable one for you. All right, guys. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Have a great day. Thanks so much. That's Dan Schulman, Blue Jays play-by-play announcer at Sportsnet, our insider brought to you by Dan, Don Valley North, not Dan Valley North. He's got his own car company. <laughs> Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. We can, can I can I just gush for two seconds? Please. We're so blessed. Okay, we have an incredible lineup here. We we do in terms of the show we no, have I mean, here. The work here, <laughs> but that work here. You know, every single night the you get the Leafs game. Mm-hmm. You, you get the best in the business calling it. You look at the Raptors, Devlin. He, that's a national guy that does mm-hmm. your game. And Dan Schulman was not just, he wasn't a national guy. He's the national guy. Sunday mm-hmm. night baseball, big games, he calling Final Four or calling big mm-hmm. college games all the time. And we're just so lucky to have him for as many games as we do. So what a way to start opening day. He'll be awesome on the call today. And I know it makes me sound like a giant homer, but guess what? It's not homerism when it's the truth. That's right. That's right, Brent. Good good company, man, but you're not wrong. Doodaloo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, Blue Jays today uh, kick off their opening day 4 p.m. on Sportsnet. Sports at 590. The fan, of course, you can hear it here too. Blue Jays Central have pregame coverage beginning at 3. And on the other side of the break, we tease this all day. It's Edwin Encarnacion. He joined us yesterday to chat about his time with the Blue Jays, his step back into the Blue Jays, being there this spring as a guest instructor. And we get the story behind the Parrot home run celebration and it's good i'll tell you that on the other side of the break we talked to edwin and carnacion everything you need to know about the blue jays blair and barker be sure to subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
hours away from Blue Jays starting their regular season today, 4 p.m. against the Cardinals. And someone that has played in quite a few of these season openers was our guest that we got to chat to yesterday, Edwin Encarnacion. He doesn't do much media, so we were lucky to get a chance to talk to him. Shout out Daniele for securing. Stay hot. Stay hot, buddy. Good luck topping these. This week has been... It's been a heater. Incredible. But we got to talk to Edwin. Obviously, you know him as a former MLB first baseman, a DH, three-time All-Star, eight-time 30-home run hitter, third most home runs in Blue Jays history. We talked to another guy with a lot of home runs, Jose Bautista, the other day as well. But really a great pleasure to talk to Edwin. And here's our interview from yesterday. So we know you were down at spring training um, helping out with the Blue Jays as a guest instructor. Now, what was that experience like? I know it was one of your first time getting to get back with the, the, the club right now as they stand and being able to, to impart some wisdom onto the young guys. It, it was a great experience and be back with the uniform, with the Blue Jays uniform. So be back with the guys and see those kids working out in spring training. And it was a great experience for me. I I, I enjoyed I stayed for 10 days. I, I enjoyed those days there. Uh, I talked to the kids, to the guys, to the players, to the coaching. So I'm very excited to, 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 to be part of this new team from the Blue Years. So, New, new kid uh, we are great talent so uh, uh, I think we're gonna have fun this year with, with, with the team that we have yeah it's a uh, it's a good young team but I, I want to talk to you about the Jays teams that, that you were on Edwin I mean you were on some of the most forget about just Blue Jays as far as Toronto Canadian sports teams goes popular teams of the last you know 10 20 years here uh, I think I know what the answer is but what, what was your favorite memory? As a Jay, what sticks out most to you, Edwin? Uh, you, my favorite uh, memory of the Jays is not only the, the homer that I hit in the wild card, it's not only that one, it's uh, the, when we made the first playoff, uh, that was my first playoff in my career. So if you guys don't know, so bring the, bring the team from the last place to make it to the first play and make the playoff and see the, the, how the how a city turn around with the fans, that was my favorite moment that year. So, yeah, I, I was enjoying those moments. For sure. A lot of people still remember it. You know, when you when you hit that homer, I'm sure you're so locked in and just thinking about the moment. But was any piece of you, you know, such a big part of it when we talk about it is, how could they have left Zach Britton just sitting in the bullpen? Were you worried about who was coming in or who was facing you or you're just so locked in and doing what you're doing, you almost don't even realize who the pitcher is at that moment? Or were you surprised that Britton didn't come in? I surprised that he don't bring Britton. So I was ready for him. In my mind, I think he's going to face Britton because that's the closer. But at the same time, uh, he... Uh, Jimenez got me a lot of out, grumble out during the season. So he using that two seamer to me, and I got rollovers roll and hitting grumble a lot of grumbles. So that's why maybe the manager uh, bring Ubardo because they want to make to hit a grumble double play. So I was ready when I saw 
uh, Jimenez coming. I know he's going to come with the two-seamer first. So I was ready. I, in my mind, I say, stay in front. Don't let it get deep too much. Try to hit it in front and let it go. And that's what my the first pitch, uh, I was ready for that. Oh, and we remember that moment. I feel like the Rogers Center is still shaking from some of these memories. Um, you know, the bat flip, of course, but that that playoff experience that you got to play in. I know you mentioned it was a pretty electric atmosphere. What is the Rogers Center like when the Blue Jays are hitting iconic moments, when the playoffs are are in reach? Because that's the goal this season is a, is a World Series approach for the Toronto Blue Jays. Can you remember just like the feeling of that Rogers Center, how loud, how deafening it was uh, to be a part of that that run right then? Yeah, you know, in the Royal Center, everybody knows when, when we play uh, in postseason, that get loud, 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 loud. That's the, the one thing that the players know and, and, the, and, the, play, and the other team know how, how excited we get when – when they get so loud that 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 get electric and the player get electric too, so that's that's what our, we want when you when you play in those situations. You want to see your fans support you, uh, so you can you go out there and and let everything in the in the field. So for the for the city and for the team and like myself, I want to do the best I have for give me the best moment I can give it to the fans. You were back at the Rogers Center not too long ago, actually. It was one of your first times, I believe, coming back home uh, to see the Rogers Center. As of late, you got to throw the first pitch at the playoffs this year. I was at that game. You got an incredible applause, of, of course. It was emotional to see you back out there to throw that first pitch. What was it like for you to come back uh, to see the team uh, this time around with the wild card opportunity that they had? It's made me feel great. It's made me feel great, like... Like when I saw the fans, everybody stand up, everybody yell loud at the same mm-hmm. time. When they say my name, it was unbelievable moment. It's, 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 I feel like, wow, uh, they don't forget about me. <laughs> so I'm still here. So in the heart, a lot of fans from the Blue Jays, and it's made me feel really good. So, so I know what I do for the city. So they they very happy so what what I what I do so so that's what made me feel good about see those fans uh at the same time if, uh saying my name is is was unbelievable yeah, that's that's awesome to hear. And, you know, as happy as you are to feel that way, I know everyone who, who was there cheering you on is happy to have given you that that moment there. Uh, you know, when people think of you, they're going to think of that wild card home run. That is going to be the first thing that they think of. But not far after it is going to be your parrot celebration. <laughs> Where did it come from? Uh, how long have you been doing that? I think it's just one of the more fun things. You know, we see it all the time now with the jacket and every team has their thing. But that wasn't a team thing. That was yeah. yours. Where did it come from? Yeah, yeah, that's gone. Uh, I remember we was playing against Seattle, and we facing Iwakuma, the Japanese pitcher. So they walk Batista for get bases loaded, so for face me, and I was ready. I say, okay, let me let him know who I am. So I hit Homer, right center field. <laughs> And I get so excited, and I run the base, like, very excited. I was very happy. (laughs) 
because I hit a homer, I hit a grand slam, <clears throat> but my arm is get my right arm get a little bit off because I was excited. <laughs> so when I get to the dugout, my team is telling me, "Hey, do you see how you run the base?" And I say, "I don't know." <laughs> so go see the replay. Go watch the replay, and I go to the video room. And when when I saw it, I said, "Oh man, this looks nice." <laughs> so they they tell me. Why you don't do it every time you hit a homer? Oh, you guy want to see that? Yes. Okay, let's do it. And I start doing it. <laughs> that, I think, was 2014, I think. Wow. I mean, it's stuck, and it is iconic, to say the least. you got to get yourself a parrot, right? Like, someone's got to get you a real live parrot um, in memory of this. Uh, I don't know if you're, if you're a bird guy or not, but it kind of <laughs> seems fitting, right? Yeah, yeah, it was it's nice, yeah, to see uh, what the, it's, it's, it's about the city. That's what they put that name, the parrot. So uh, I, I give it that to the city from Toronto to the to my fans there. Uh, they've got to name a parrot after you at the Toronto Zoo or something in honor. Uh, we did talk to your teammate Jose Bautista actually yesterday. I'm um, teeing up the Toronto Blue Jays in their opening week, and it's exciting to talk about the the good times that we experienced with both of you on the Blue Jays. And this summer, he's going to be added to the level of excellence at the Rogers Center. Now, I know you've spent a lot of great moments with him. What's Jose Bautista like as a teammate? Oh man, he, he he was great. He was he was my 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 best friend there. So when I get to the to the city to Toronto, my first time, he's the one to take care of me there. He was there in 2009, and and he one of the best uh, in the clubhouse. He take care of the guy. He take care of the the young guy, the young players. And he's the, 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 the he's, he was the player to 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 give it the confidence to the young players because he know how to do it. He know how to talk to the young guys, young players, and he helped a lot to to the Blue Jays team in those moments. So uh, so we part oh, and play in uh, the same time with Jose Batista. He, it's made me feel uh, uh, very special. So you have the parrot, and he's got the bat flip, and that bat flip is something we'll never forget as well. What was that moment like when you saw that just that iconic, iconic scene? And what happened afterwards in the Rogers Center shaking? But when you saw him toss that bat, what did you think? Oh, I don't see it. <laughs> I only see <laughs> when he hit that ball. And go to the stand. That's what I see. I see the bus flee after the replay, but <laughs> it was very exciting. It was nice. And if he, I was, if it was me, I hit that homer. I, I, he gone farther. So uh, <laughs> we enjoyed that moment. It's, it's, it's something like you, you expect something like that when you do something special. That was very special moment, man. That was uh, one of the best moments for the Blue Jays franchise. So. So why don't do that? I can. Uh, uh, we celebrating. We were, we had fun. We it was uh, very very nice, uh, especially after what the umpire do before that mm. the play when Russell Martin he uh, the bat and Odor scored. So uh, and then we come back. Oh man, it was nice. 
Yeah, it was incredible. And, you know, the bat flip is a moment. Look, this team's won World Series and things like that. But outside of those moments, the bat flip is 1,000% the most famous moment in Blue Jays lore. And, man, your homer in the wildcard game isn't far behind it. Uh, Got to ask you about one of the young guys who's really come into his own on this team. Obviously, it's a player I'm sure you're familiar with now, but I'm also sure you've been familiar with for a while. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. You know, we know how talented he is. We know how talented his dad was. Uh, you've gotten to work with him a little bit at camp, I, I'd imagine. What do you what do you expect from Vladdy this year, and just how talented is he? Oh man, the talent he has is unbelievable. I think uh, for watch out with Vladdy this year, man. I know he's gonna put some number for be for MVP role. So he, he he's he's had great talent. He's one of the best talent in the big league. So so I, uh, when I saw Vladdy now in spring training, the the way he's he is and, and how he's working is 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 you say for me he's gonna have a a great year. That's what I feel right now. He's gonna have a great year. Think he's gonna have uh he's gonna help the team a lot this year and and you see, you see in September how he's gonna do. All right, Edwin, last one for you here. We appreciate your time. It's the big question we're all asking. Do the Toronto Blue Jays have what it takes to win the World Series this year? Yes, yes. I think we have great pitching. I think we have a great bullpen. Uh, we have one of the best line now in the league. So it's something now. Uh, they they've been healthy. If they've been healthy, I know we're gonna be in the playoff and we're gonna be in the World Series this year because the talent that we have is something unbelievable. It's very special. So so I'm, I'm, I hope. Everybody get happy this year, and I know they're going to do it. Oh, absolute pleasure to chat with you, Edwin. You say it, we're going to believe everything you had to say. Thank you so much. Really <laughs> appreciate, appreciate it. so much. <laughs> thank you. Enjoy the All season. Right. Thank and you for having me. Of course. Enjoy the season. Hopefully we get to chat with you down the road. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Take care, guys. If that doesn't get you running through a brick wall, Edwin and Carnassian saying they have what it takes to win the World Series only hours away from opening up the – Regular season. We gonna do it. Not just can. Hell yes. Love to see that was awesome. Uh, Great to chat with him. That got me really fired up. I'm so excited for today. We've got a full day of baseball action. Of course, all teams in action. But your Toronto Blue Jays 4 p.m. today. Our coverage starts at three on Blue Jays Central. Our whole day will be Blue Jays heavy, so keep keep the station on and keep going. Do you think we're far enough removed, and with him being around the team a little bit here, do you think we're far enough removed that it's like a cool, almost retro celebration if somebody once in a while I think busted so. it out? Like you can't if Vladdy take it. did that, you can't, he couldn't just take it. No, and but it's he could do thing. it one day. Yeah, that'd be very think, fun. Uh, I'd like to see it. Hey, over under Vladdy parrot celebrations, zero and a half. Over. over. Let's yes. do it. Okay, speaking of um, over and under, let's do our wake and rake. We're going to for sure do a Blue Jays parlay, just throwing that out there. Um, we got a lot of picks here in the text line. We'll go through them, but we're, we know we want a Blue Jays uh, parlay today. So let's start with Buff Daddy. Good morning. Been a while. Jays versus Cardinals. Um, Jays on the run line and over seven and a half total runs. And he also likes Kings and Edmonton Kings plus one and a half. Forgot that there's even hockey on tonight. It's all Blue Jays, all baseball. You forgot. I very much remember. It's <laughs> locked in. There you go. Um, Chris currently in Niagara says, good morning, Elish and Brent. I'm a new listener due to my work on the road, the courier life. Wow. I've been listening these past days and I love the show. Thanks so much. I've got a good feeling about this Blue Jays season, a more mature team, a year for Vlad to go off and get paid. For tonight, I'm going over Manoa strikeouts, total runs for the Blue Jays over 
three and a half. Some bonuses. Home run, Vlad plus 400, Springer plus 460. That's Chris. I'm picking some of those too, Chris. I just said disclaimer. You're in the wake and rake. I wonder where he currently is now because he, he was in he Niagara was in Falls Niagara. when he texted that Which in. Which way is he at? Driving. Know. We'll see. Grimsby. Good morning, Galish and Gunner. Boy, it's a great day. Opening day. Let's start the book off. Uh, books off right. A ton of action on the slate. I'm like in Tampa Bay Rays on the run line over the Tigers. Possibly parlay that with the Angels on the run line. But the Rays, 100%. That's Duncan and Georgetown. I'm going to keep cooking here. Blue Jays money line is a pick today. That's Eric and Burlington. Uh, Burlington. Ian says when Dylan Brooks shoots over 50%, scores over 30 points. You better believe you're losing money. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> Jay's money line on today's national opening day of baseball holiday. Good morning, Ailish and Gunner. That's Uncle Joel, Juliana's uncle here. He likes Celtics plus four and a sprinkle on a money line. Um, good morning. Yesterday's pick of Alcaraz was moved to tonight. So that's Neil Newfoundland saying still play that one. And he's going to take Francisco Serenado. Mm, that's not even close. Serenoldo, plus three and a half games. Morning, it's Corey from Port Hope. Happy opening day of the MLB season. You too. Braves minus one and a half on the run line against the Nationals. Braves are good. Nationals are not. Don't overthink it. All right, lots of picks in there. But quick little little tip yes, from a former update please. guy. Whenever you get a tennis name that you're wholly uncomfortable with, just fast, mm-hmm. fast and confident, and, and that's then basically it never every time happened. I read Neil's text. That's what that's what we do. You just have to be confident. There's no way you can mispronounce it if you just hammer through it with the force 100%. of a thousand suns. So let's that's moving forward for sure. Neil in Newfoundland, uh, always with the tennis picks. Okay, so for our wake and rake, we spoke about this off the air, but. We're going full Blue Jays parlay. How Gunner, can you not? You go first, buddy, because you got one that I like a lot. Yeah, Vladdy, over one and a half total bases. You mm. can get this a million ways. They could be shy. They could walk him. He could lace a double. He could hit a homer. He could get a couple of knocks. Love to see Vladdy start the year. And you get it in a plus oh, number. Beautiful. Plus 125 for one and a half total bases over. Vladdy, start the year hot. Love to see that. All right. I'm definitely going to take Manoa over five and a half strikeouts. That's also, um, I'm seeing it plus money as well. He was named the opening day starter for a reason. He's going to be the face of this team this season. I believe one of them, at least he's going to be opening day. He's going to be home opener. A lot of buzz around Alec Manoa. We're going to have part one of this uh, series about him as well. You can catch that on Sportsnet today. It's it's all coming up Manoa, so I'm liking him. Over five and a half strikeouts today. He's going to come out with a bang and dust the Cardinals. Um, and then we have for our parlay and anchor Both piece, those things are going to happen. Blue Jays money line. A lot of text in for that. Let's just keep it simple. Money line for the Blue Jays, is, I'm seeing around like minus 120. When you parlay that all together, Blue Jays money line over Alec Manoa strikeouts and over Vladdy total bases. You're getting that at plus 625. A beautiful start to your MLB season. Smash that. I'm also going to go with a Kirk home run. That's just for me. We we talked it through. Just Vladdy's sitting there. It's out there. Mm -hmm. That's easy. Just five bucks is your Kirk home run for today. That was our wake and rake parlay. Guys, I'm so excited for today, Gunner. It's baby Friday. It's the opening day of the MLB. I don't know what else you can ask for. I mean, I could ask for a Leafs playoff series win, but we're talking baseball today, so it's awesome. There's no rain. Shulman mm. gave us the goods there. It's supposed to, I guess, torrential downpour. Oh, here too tomorrow, uh, but there as well. 
that could not happen. The idea of a wash away on opening day could not happen. Uh, apparently, that's not in the cards for the Blue Jays in the cards in St. Louis this afternoon. Beautiful. Well, here we go. Uh, Blue Jays live at 4 p.m. on Sportsnet. Sportsnet 590. The fan is streaming on Sportsnet.ca slash 590 in the Sportsnet app. All 30 teams in action starting at 1 p.m. today. We talked to John Morosi, who will be there for the Yankees, kicking it all off. And then, of course, you have Blue Jays Central pregame coverage beginning at 3 p.m. Lock it in all day baseball. And we'll be back on Friday. Bunks got baseball. Blair and Barker got baseball. Sportsnet now has you covered for all your streaming needs. What's not to like? We're going to will the summer to get here. It apparently wants no part of showing up. I scraped frost off my window this morning. We're going to will summer to come here, starting with the Blue Jays win on opening day. And a happy baby Friday to you all. We'll be back tomorrow to break it all down. Enjoy opening day.